All right. Well, if I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Eric Gill. I am the high school pastor here at Maranatha. And I used to come here to the FLC a lot, but since we changed our hours, now I'm not able to come here. But it's always been good here. And I'm excited for the series that we're doing, the series on the Ten Commandments. If you have been here for a while, for the past five weeks at least, you would have seen how we've been dealing with each commandment every Sunday. And so it's been an exciting journey. I have enjoyed it. I've been challenged. And so today I have the privilege to teach on commandment number six. So if you join me, we're going to be in Exodus 6, sorry, Exodus 20, verse 13. And it says this, do not murder. Let's pray. Let's get it. <laughs> I told Pastor Bush that when I got up here, that's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to read it and walk away. I mean, do not murder. That's it, right? It's so simple. It is a very simple commandment. I mean, if you look at the list of the commandments you see coming up, that you have do not worship any other gods. When you look at commandment number one, we all can agree it can be difficult to not worship anything else than God. We know that there's a challenge of worshiping our money or worshiping our family or worshiping our time. We can go on on a list of things that we know we have the tendency to worship. When we look at idols, same thing is true. We know that there are things that we can place before God in our life. When we look at do not be used of the name of the Lord, we know that when we get annoyed or when we just whatever excuse, we use the name of God in vain. When you look at commandment number four, do not remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, we know that we are not so much able to keep it, even though we're not required to keep that one particularly. Commandment number five, honor your father and your mother. We know that it can be hard to honor our parents, especially when we disagree, especially when to ask us to do things that we don't want, especially when we are adults and we feel like we no longer need to honor them. Commandment number seven, do not commit adultery. We all know that adultery is bad, so we're not going to do that. Commandment number eight, do not steal. We're not going to steal. We know that it's bad, right? Commandment number nine, do not give false witness. Do not gossip. Do not, do not just share lies, right? We know that we're subject to do that. Commandment number 10, do not covet. We know that we can be jealous of things if we're not careful. But when it comes to commandment number six, if you are anything like me, it's like we just got an easy pass on the Ten Commandments. We recommend verse 6, and we're like, do not murder, and we're like, good, easy. Say no more, fam. Like, we're good. There's no way that I'm going to do that. I mean, no one wakes up, every, and no, at least I hope no one does. No one wakes up and says to themselves, today I'm going to kill somebody. At least nobody in this room, right? And if you are, don't, don't make me the, the target. I, you know, I got a family and everything. Anyways, um, so do not murder. Now, will you come to see if that of all of those commandments, because we're so dismissive of this one, this happened to be one of the commandments that we break the most. But before we can get to that, we have to understand what the commandment number six really means. So in the Hebrew language, there are multiple of words that, you, that they use to describe the killing, to not to kill. There's different ways that they can express that. 
Uh, I came to realize at a young age that the English language is very, it's a language that you're limited in, in, in what you can say to express your emotions. You cannot be so romantic. You cannot romanticize. You cannot be so poetic with the English language because you're limited in the, way, in the words that you can use. And I give you an example in my life. When I was about 16, 17 years old, I first met this girl. My parents were missionaries and in the Dominican Republic. And so we got an encounter with a lot of Americans. And I met this girl, and I thought she was great. I saw her, and I thought she's my green card. I mean, she was great. Um, and so I remember we going out and spending time with her that day. We went on a date, and it wasn't like anything crazy. It was a simple date. And I got home, or I went back to, the, to my home, and I remember bringing my phone and started texting to her, hey, I had so much fun with you today. I love you. Yeah, only met her one time. To your surprise, she didn't text me back, right? <laughs> Did not love you. So in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm telling her, because in Spanish, you got three different ways at least that you can tell somebody that you love them. But in English, the only way that I understood that you could tell somebody that you love them is by using the word love. And I came to find out that if you say that early in a relationship, you, you're not gonna, you, nothing's going to happen. Uh, unless you're in middle school and then you can tell each other you love each other in the first retreat, you know, on a weekend retreat. Uh, that happens all the time. Uh, so in the Hebrew language, same is true. There are different ways that you can use to express something. When it comes to the word do not kill, which is the word that they use in the original language, it is always used exclusively to describe the killing of people, the killing of another life. So this, what will this encompass? It would include volunteering and involuntary manslaughter, a crime of passion, accidental death, abortion, infanticide, and assisted suicide. These are things that they will use that word to refer to. These are things that they will use that word to refer to. This is part of the not kill. And so in light of this and in light of what we're told in Genesis 6 that says this, Genesis 6, sorry, Genesis 9 says that says, Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God man made man in his own image. So when you look at what that word means, and when you look what God said about man and how, how you and I are created in the image of God, we can conclude that the purpose of the sixth commandment is to set parameters, there you go, parameters to preserve the sanctity of life. If we are made in the image of God, then that means that there is sanctity in life. And the commandment of do not murder, what it's doing is preventing people to go out and kill someone that has been created in the image of God. That is what this commandment meant. Now, this is what the commandment does not, this is what the commandment does not mean. It does not mean that you are not to kill animals. In the Hebrew language, there are different words that they will use to the killing of humans and then for the killing of animals. Nowhere, that this, nowhere where this commandment is being quoted, they use the word for killing animals. If you were to use this verse to justify that the killing of animals is wrong, then you will be using this verse out of context. The second one, that it does not mean, it does not mean that capital punishment is wrong. In Romans 13.4, in the chapter of Romans 13, we're told by Paul that you and I have been placed under the authority, that God has placed an authority over us. 
And he, in, in verse 4, we're told that God used this authority as a way to deliver his justice. So if sanctity of life, if the purpose of commandment number 6 is to preserve the sanctity of life, when you look at the idea of capital punishment, there are two things that in essence will be happening. If you have someone that is a mass murderer, by you giving him the punishment of the capital of the, the punishment of death, what you're doing is that you're preventing him from continuing killing others individual. But in addition to that, it will also discourage other people to take on that journey. In essence, at least, that's what it, that is what it's supposed to do. It also does not mean that war is wrong. If you are to, if life is the point of the commandment number six is to preserve life, then war, war is not necessarily wrong. For instance, think about the events of 9-11. By the United States taking over and going into, uh, the, 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 I forgot the country, Afghanistan or wherever they went, to, to go after Osama bin Laden and all the events that follow after that, if you were to take in light of that, what you see is that the United States is taking a stand to preserve the life of those in this country. They are going there to stop in future attacks to the life of people here. So that's why this commandment does not mean that, not, that war is bad. The, the next one is self-defense. It does not mean that self-defense is wrong. If you, like I give you an example in my life, I have a, my, my, my wife and my daughter. If someone walks through the door of my house and someone was to attempt to do something with my fork, because that's the only thing I have with my fork, I'm going to do everything I can to stop him. And if that means killing him with a fork, I will do so. Why? Because by protecting my family, I'm preserving their sanctity of life. By stopping that individual, I'm preserving this life. So that is what this commandment means. It means to set parameters to preserve the sanctity of life. So as a country, as a nation, how are we doing with that? I was trying to get some stats from the year 2020, but go figure, the stats are over the place. So I wasn't able to get a very accurate status. So I decided to do the next closer year, which is year 2019. And here are some stats. You have here unintentional death. That means that would, involve, that would include accidents by, you know, driving, traffic accidents. It would include like someone that is cooking something for people and they, without, being, without realizing they put some potion in the food or something. It would include all of that. We had, and in the year 2019, we had about 173,040 people that died just in that year when it comes to this alone. Homicide. In the year 2019, we had 16,425 people that were killed on that year by homicide. And then this next one. It's a, it should shock us. Abortion. 889,000 babies were killed in the year 2019. So how are we doing as a country? If we are to see life, if we are to see each other as created in the image of God, and when we look at the sixth commandment that is for the sake of preserving the sanctity of life, then how are we doing in this commandment. Now, what you come to see, it's like I said earlier, you and I are often quick to dismiss commandment number six, or we will get passionate about commandment number six when it relates to abortion. 
We will go out, and there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. But we will tend to be passionate about commandment number six when it relates to things like abortion. But when it comes to ourselves, we tend to be very dismissive. Now, if you ever play this card game named Uno, um, it's one of my favorite games to play. Uh, and one of the cars that you have is this car right here. It's supposed, it was supposed to be t- bigger than this, but, I, you know, there's a screen and the picture on the screen. Uh, a reverse car. Now, if you have played Uno, and uh, I'm assuming that you don't know the rules. On the, last, on, the, on the senior service, I went out explaining how this, you play this, and it didn't go well. So I'm not going to explain it. So I'm going to assume that you know how to play Uno. But if you had played Uno, you know that when you have that last car, and let's say the last card is a blue or four, or a blue four, whatever. And the person next to you, that is, when the direction is going this way, and you're thinking to yourself, you got away with it. When you're thinking to yourself that there's that you're gonna win, that you have made it, that you're, you're you have arrived, right? And then that person next to you goes ahead and uses this car and throws it back at you. You know that you're in trouble. You know that you're not winning. Now you have to deal with the consequences of not having. Uh, whatever color, a red color car that you don't, that in, your, in your pocket. So that's what we're going to see that Jesus is going to do with the commandment number six. If you join me in Matthew f- chapter five, we're going to see how Jesus is dealing with a, uh, an audience. He, in this audience, you have religious leaders, you have people that were, that knew their Bible, you have people that were educated, you had people that were commoners, but you had a mix of crowd. And when it came to commandment number six, they, would, they probably most likely made the same mistake that you and I do, which is to be dismissive of it. No one wakes up, at least we will think that, no, most people at least does not wake up choosing to kill somebody. So we're dismissive of the commandment of do not murder. And same was true of the audience that Jesus was dealing with. But look what Jesus does with them. Look how Jesus flips the coin for them or flips you know, the script for them. Verse 21, in the context of the Sermon of the Mount, he says to them, You have heard that it was said to those of all, you shall not murder. And whoever murder will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brothers will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. Wow. I mean, imagine yourself being in that crowd thinking that you have made it. Thinking that you, of all the commandments, at least you had one commandment right. Do not murder. There's, you don't kill anybody. You haven't taken on the act of killing somebody, so you are in the clear. Jesus talked about in the previous verses, and I'll just read it for us. It says here in, in verse uh, 18, For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, none iot nor a dot will pass from the law until it is all accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes on one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does, does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You see that Jesus is dealing with this idea, the, the assumption that people had that because they could keep all the commandments, they were in the clear. And if there was one commandment that was easy to keep, it's commandment number six, do not murder. 
But Jesus throws at them that reverse car that's going to flip it over for them. The commandment of killing goes beyond the act. In the spirit of the law, it starts in your minds and it starts in your thoughts. If you are really to value life, if you're really to, to, to have a desire and you understand the, the, the sanctity of life because every single individual that you encounter, whether you want it or not, are created in the image of God, then you will see that the commandment number six is more than just in the act of not killing. That would, it would also entail for you to honor others in your minds and in your thoughts. And if we are to consider that, how are we doing as a nation. Think about this week, for example. Let's not even go that long ago. This week. Think about that person that cut you off when you were driving to work or wherever. What was your response to them? What, did, what came to your mind? Do you value them? Do you view them as someone that was created in the image of God? If you're all passionate and if you're all about this preserving the sanctity of life, when you saw that individual cutting you off, how do you respond to that? What about that, your boss or your coworker that drives you insane? They're every, they're, every time they're getting you, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I just saw my Luma laughing. Yeah, that's, that's my really. <laughs> Uh, I'm not, I don't drive him insane. He drives me insane. Anyways, think about what when you come to those your coworkers, your boss. How do you deal with them? How do you view them? Do you really value sanctity of life in in the way that you think about them? What about those people that you will disagree with on what on how they view things? I mean, one thing COVID nineteen has shown us is how how easy we can be divided. We could let something like a piece of claw get in the way of relationship. When someone disagrees with you, how do you view them? If it all starts in our minds, what we'll come to see is that we're more susceptible to break this commandment than we actually think. In the Bible, there is a story of the Good Samaritan. If you've been in church long enough, you've probably heard it. How you had a Pharisee and a Levite, two individuals that were very religious leaders. Two people that they knew the law. People that would have, in a way, should have behaved in a righteous way. And then we're told about this man who is walking down the street and he gets jumped on. And then people steal all his stuff and he's left to the ground. Naked. With nothing. The Pharisee comes walking and sees him on the ground and does nothing. It says that we're told that he walks on the other way to ignore him. If this Pharisee knew the law, if he really understood the importance of preserving the sanctity of life, this Pharisee should have done something with this individual. What about the Levi? The Levi who was supposed to be another renowned person in the culture of Israel, someone who was to be of importance you see that he was walking just like the Pharisee, sees this man on, laying on the ground, dead, or close to dead, and does nothing. He just goes around him. But then we're told about the Samaritan. The Samaritan sees this man, meet his needs, takes him to an inn, 
pays for his entrance, pays for everything, and says to the, to the person responsible of the inn, it says, whatever he does in, in, in addition to whatever he, this costs, put it to my account. And of the three individuals, we see one that understood the importance of life. If we are made in the image of God, then the preserving of life, the, pers- uh, the, the, the idea of, of being passionate about life, the, pr- the, the pr- preservation of life, there you go, starts beyond the act of killing. And what you come to find out, what you come to see is that those idiots in your life, those people that are ignorant, those people that drive you crazy, those people that you just want to punch them, those people that you have been wishing for bad things to happen to them, those people that you have rejoiced when they are struggling, whether you want it or not, they have been created in the image of God. And if we are to preserve the sanctity of life, then it's not only the act of killing, it starts in honoring them in our minds and in our thoughts. So let's look at that status again, the stats again. On year 2019, unintentional dead, 173,040 people. Homicide, 60,425. Abortion, 889,000 people. That's how many times this commandment was broken. But what if we were to include Matthew 5? How many more has this commandment be broken? How many times have you broken this commandment? And what you come to see is that commandment number six is a very difficult commandment to keep. What we're told in the Bible is that the purpose of the commandments is to show, of the law, is to show us that we are incapable of completing it. You and I cannot keep every single one of the law. If you thought that you can keep commandment number six, I will highly disagree. Because in essence, if you're honest with yourself, there has been some way that we, you have broken this commandment. I have broken this commandment. It's a very easy commandment to break. And in light of this, because we're not able to keep the commandment, what it does, what it means is that it means that you and I have a desperate need for somebody to come and mend the relationship. If we are not able to keep the commandment, then we need someone to help us. And how awesome it is that we have a God that values life, that sees you and me as created in his own image to the point that he was willing to die on the cross for your mistakes, for my mistakes. That he was willing to take on the worst kind of pain. That he was willing to take on the worst journey so that you and I can experience eternal life. How awesome is that we have a God like that that values life, that when he looks at the sanctity of life, he is willing to sacrifice himself so that you and I can experience eternal life, so that you and I can experience freedom of sin. So when you look at the commandment number six, we shouldn't be so easily or so quick to dismiss it. We should reconsider what it all entails how it does not start or it's not all about just the act of killing, but it goes beyond that. In light of what Jesus said, we are to honor people in our minds and in our, heart, in our minds and in our thoughts. As a church, that should be what we do. We should be quick to see others as created in the image of God and treat them like such. 
whether you agree with them or you disagree with them, whether they have hurt you or not, we should be people that view others as created in the image of God. And in doing so, be able to honor commandment number six that set parameters to preserve the sanctity of life. So my hope and prayer is that at the church we are committed to that. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your Savior, I beg you that you will consider that. There's nothing better that you will ever come across with than the message of the gospel. That you are a sinner, that I am a sinner, and yet Jesus, who loves you, who values your life, who sees you as someone that is created in the image of God, has, is willing to die on the cross for you. That while you were still a sinner, he died for you on the cross. But if we are Christians, if you have placed your faith in this message, then in essence, in reality, you and I should have a very clear idea of what it means to be created in the image of God. So it's about time that we start treating others in that way. That's my prayer. That's my ask for us as a church, that when we go forward, that we will do that. Join me as we pray. Lord, thank you so much for the fact that we can come to church and worship you. Thank you for the reality that you have sent your son to die on the cross for us. It's the perfect example of somebody that values life, Lord. I pray, Father, that when it comes to commandment number six, Lord, that we will not be so quick to dismiss it. That we will recognize that it goes for us today, it goes beyond the act of killing. That for us today, Lord, in light of what Jesus says, we have to honor life even in our minds and in our thoughts. I pray, Father, that just as we are passionate about other areas where people, where, where the sanctity of life is being attacked, that we will be just as passionate and committed to in our minds and in our thoughts. Father, I pray that we will do better as a church, that we will do better as believers in valuing others as created in the image of you. I pray this in your name, Lord. Amen.